0: this show kind of at its nucleus is a combo like we've talked about, right? Where we go old games and how they create the sort of things that are new, like the sort of revolution of board gaming or whatever. Um, And we haven't really yet uh, on the show covered a quote unquote product uh, of that revolution. Um, So arguably Catan and Dominion are the two that are closest to that. Catan sort of starts it. Dominion kind of in a way starts it. And this game 2022 is kind of the first one, um, I think that really is is like, uh, it's like stepping on. Oh, I was, like I was about to say the blood of their ancestors. I don't think that's what it's doing, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's yes. um it's it's the product of it instead of the thing that led to it. Um, so I'm curious uh, of the games that we've covered, if we as a as like game designers, let's pretend that we're game designers for a second, if we could have or if we could erase one of the 17 games from history that we've covered and then make it today fresh. So we erase everything it's done and everything it led or it created and helped to get where we are now. Let's pretend that it never existed and someone's making it fresh for the first time. What game would you remake either mechanically or anything in combo? Uh, And what would you add or change from what we now have with, the new games that are coming out like in 2022 and 21 and even like in 18 and that
1: kind of stuff. The the game I'm probably going to pick is probably one that's newer. So I wouldn't pick something like,
0: like checkers or yeah, I wouldn't pick chess or something like that.
1: Checkers, chess, backgammon, Parcheesi. All of those are probably not it. Okay. Cause they're so old. Yeah. Cause they're so old that I don't think you could do something better. I don't th- I don't think where you would get to remaking those types of games would make it significantly better than what it already is. Okay. So a lot of those games like Backgammon, gone through many, many iterations over many, many years. Right. Or chess or or what have you. So what I would probably want to do is something that's new ish. Mm-hmm. And we haven't actually covered that many of those. It's, I know. <laughs> what what's new-ish? So we've got Catan, Dominion, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that's it yeah those like, are the those, those are the past two, like 30 or 40 years like risk risk is also
0: in there. 57 yeah that's, so if we did and i like, guess who was 79 intro pursuits 81 if you want to do like this century or like within the past 50 years yeah you could add those in there those are relatively recent scrabble's 1948 that's probably as far back as you want to lean kerplunk 67 so that's you know stuff like that i guess would be what we would consider quote-unquote new if you're comparing it to the Mangala from 700 or earlier or whatever so my, th-
1: my, my, my three that I would do are kind of awkward because I haven't played enough of two of them. Okay. It's probably, how long does a game of Risk take?
0: Ooh, a long time, to, potentially. It could go on for like TI length. Um, there's games where like no one really has enough to finally eliminate someone. Uh, so like there's, there's opportunities for those games to like we need to pause and play the next day and stuff. Uh, That could be, you know, that could be a product of it was made in 1957 before board games had the length that they have now. And people didn't expect to have to sit down and play a board game for three hours. Whereas now, you know, that's kind of a common trend in the like capital B, capital G board gaming industry. Players sit down to a game and they expect it to be like two hours kind of minimum. And there's a chance that in the 50s, people were like, "Uh, what? I just want to play like, I don't know battleship that takes me 20 minutes like why would i sit on for three hours so then they're like we need to stop this because i have to like go pick up my kids or whatever and they didn't plan on playing for three hours i'm not sure which of the two that is but they are they do take a while or they could take quite a long time three four or five hours even
1: all right is there a way and is is it even useful because i haven't played risk hardly at all Mm -hmm. to pare down the time commitment and make it into a game that is not already just a game that exists right now
0: Ooh, yeah, I was going to say yes until you said that second part. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so that's so
1: I'm, I'm just talking out loud. You've hit me with yeah. this question. So, yeah. I've yeah. Been I've been
0: thinking it. about it too. And you have been thinking about it like me. So, I, it's fair that you're like, I'm not sure. Or, yeah. Whatever, so, yeah.
1: So, if you're going to remake a game, the outcome has to be better than like you might as well just leave risk alone mm-hmm. if you're going to make it into something that already exists right now. And that's where I think ah, risk okay. is at. So, you could remake risk and make risk a better game.
0: Mm-hmm. But and add some of the, the hindsight yeah.
1: yeah hindsight stuff or you could just play that style of game right now I don't know exactly what falls into that, that, that th- I'm,
0: th- I'm thinking of Root at the moment um, yeah just
1: like a, a very high level war game
0: yeah yeah with asymmetric stuff even because I like that yeah. but it doesn't even have to be but yeah yeah so so it's probably
1: actually Risk might be interesting but I don't mm-hmm. think it's the best one how okay. about Catan
0: Ooh, remaking the very thing that we Closet yeah. is the thing that created it. That's interesting.
1: Because that makes a lot of, like that game makes a lot of people mad. It does. So so what is it about? And again, this is another one. I've played maybe four games of Catan, five yeah, games yeah. of Catan, something yeah. like that. Not so a lot. I haven't really dug my teeth into it because I can't actually find people to play it with because
0: surprise, game, surprise. Yeah, it makes people <laughs> mad. So right.
1: how, how do you remake that game to make people less mad playing it? It's probably also a time thing.
0: I don't Could know. Be. for me, I dislike uh, the fact that the interaction is it's set up to like have you interact, but then you can't um, or like or not that you can't, but it's difficult. like I need incentive where play not interacting actively hurts you. So it's like, well, I can choose to not interact and that actively hurts me or I can choose to interact and that actually helps me. And I need something like that, I think. That's really
1: interesting. At the then,
0: moment, I feel like you can just not trade, or for example. And then, like, sure, maybe that's actively hurting you because you need those resources. But that's also actively hurting them. And then you can outlast them and then, like, choose to win or just choose to not care.
1: Yeah, that's what I wanted to see if it was possible. And people got very mad at me for that. Right. Yes, yeah, it, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, so I know that there are a dozen, dozens of different home rules you can play with Catan to make it a more useful experience. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that when you could play a game that's just better than Catan? Yeah. Because a lot of (laughs) those exist. And so so running into the same problem with risk. So you can Mm -hmm. remake Catan to a better game, but how far does it get you? Yeah. So maybe we need to pick one
0: that's at the bottom of our list and then say, well, this these games suck, so let's do those.
1: (laughs) My third one, and the one I'm gonna go with is Trivial Pursuit. Oh, (laughs) I was
0: gonna say Trivial Pursuit too. Hell yeah.
1: This is this is one that does not have like you play Trivial Pursuit and it's just a thing, and I have my copy of nineteen eighty-one genus edition trivial pursuit Mm -hmm. that i pull Mm -hmm. out every now and again this has not been iterated on a whole whole lot that's right you could uh you could just introduce the internet into this thing you could uh put qr codes on onto the cards and have interactive something or other oh yeah there's um, lots of different things you could do with this to make it a more interesting social experience Mm -hmm. if you just have access to a smartphone or tv
0: how would you uh, change the mechanics of it? Because we've said before on this show, which is not a spoiler, probably uh, the mechanical, physical board game gaminess of this game is garbage.
1: Yeah, I, I would just make it a make it a thing. Like it, it, the, take take a lot of the game elements out of it, as strange as that sounds. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't I would remove the whole thing where you have to collect have all the and the... Yeah, you have to land on a specific place in one of the corner, not corners because it's a circle, but In one of the uh, edges of the wheel. Again, it's a circle, doesn't have edges. In one of the (laughs) the specified designated locations where you can get chips, when I play trivial pursuit, I don't actually play with those. If you answer the question correctly, you just get the chip with that color. Right, right, right. And then maybe you add like a point system or something. Okay. And then if we're not limited by exactly what's on the card, you can do scaling difficulty and some versions of trivial pursuit have scaling difficulty. And you get more or less something or other. And then you just play until you feel like you're done. And whoever has the yeah. most points wins. Okay. One point Here's... for easy, two point for medium, three point for hard. Doesn't have to be complicated. Sort of like, like Jeopardy like or, yeah, like, yeah. okay,
0: scaling. I was thinking of a thing that's like, because I feel like asymmetry um, is a sort of, I don't want to say rampaging, but it's coming out more than it was uh, when Chill Pursuit came out for sure. Um, for like all players sitting down to the board, don't all have access to the same information or the same powers or the same skills or whatever built into the game, not just, like, I know the game better than you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be interested in adding that to Sugar Pursuit somehow. So, like, maybe there's a way that, like, some characters have, uh, like, like, if I'm, like, let's to use Wonderland's War as a, uh, like, analogy. If I'm playing Alice, then I can ask for two hints, and the card question gives hints to Alice if she asks for them, but I have to pay something to get them. And then if I get it right without it, then I get some amount of currency that I can use to do something. And then if I, if I use the, you know, if I use the one of the two clues or whatever, then I get a smaller amount and if I use both, I still succeed, but I get nothing for it. Um, and if you fail, then a penalty happens to you. And then like another character has a different way to interact with the idea of getting posed a question and what do you do about it? Or maybe one character just doesn't have to answer questions. They're just playing a different game entirely. And like their job is to do something else. like. I don't know what it would be, but you know what I mean? Like something that sort of like takes the game element of it, which is currently, I feel like zero and turns it into a thing. So it's like, there's more than one game happening at the same time. And I think, I feel like the games that I like now, like the ones that are coming out more and more recently, I feel like they have that sort of like double game kind of feel. It's like, you're playing a game and you're also playing a communal game at the same time. And like trying to balance both of those is really interesting.
1: Yeah. It sounds like, sounds like, you'd be playing as characters or something like that. And you have yeah. Alice, who's really good at something or other. Yeah. And then you have another character.
0: Maybe the Cheshire Cat.
1: Yeah, you have this Cheshire Cat. And the Cheshire Cat's really good at biology, or whatever science and yeah, yeah. nature, or whatever that is. And they yeah. get bonuses for answering questions from that deck.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, So you and want to try like, and have the Cheshire Cat. You always know is going to be lurking around this quadrant because that's where they get their most bonuses. And yeah, yeah, like that, that kind of thing. I don't know what it would look like. I'm not a game designer, um, but it, that would intrigue me. When I, when I was looking at this list, I was thinking either Mousetrap or, well, first I thought Risk, and then I was like, i would just be making Root at that point. So then I was like, okay, mm-hmm. not bad. <laughs> and then I was yeah. like, well, maybe i look at the bottom. I was thinking the same thing like you, right? And I was like, all right, maybe it's Mousetrap because that game really sucks. Maybe it's Trivial Pursuit. And then I was like, oh, I think it is going to be Trivial Pursuit because I feel like that game is good despite not being good and needs some hindsight that these games now are getting, you know?
1: Yeah you get even uh, more characters. You, you yeah. throw, throw in the Mad Hatter and he just messes up someone's turn.
0: Yeah, so dude, he's, he's just chaos. When
1: someone, <laughs> you, you hidden, you hidden you put, put pieces on the board that are hidden in some way and someone lands on them, they get the opposite of what they're trying to do.
0: There you go. So if they so yeah, you, if they land on purple, it's actually green and then like, boom, they're screwed up. And then if you, but if they still get it right, then they penalize, it, then you get injured or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Th- there's all sorts of little fun things you could do with this if you want to, want to, Gamify is not a great word, but make it into more of a, a oh like yeah an experience. Yeah. Yeah. I know what
0: you mean. Yeah, gamify does make sense. It might not be the word you were thinking, but I, I uh, know yeah. exactly what you mean. Now I want to buy this game, and I want to take my actual pursuit board, and I want to just like shuffle them together. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Wonderland's pursuit, <laughs> or tr- Wonderland's Trivial Spursuit. War. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's,
1: that 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 just be the the sub the subtext.
0: Wonderland's Wonderland's Pursuit Pursuit Trivial War. Oh, boom. So good. Ladies and gentlemen, coming coming out um, by Hasbro Games uh, in partnership with Druid City Games by Decoy and Squid. It's Wonderland's Pursuit Trivial War. Welcome back, everyone, to Getting Gamey, uh, perhaps also known as GG, as board gamers like to say. Uh, this is the show where we fly from the seat of our pants. I've got Decoy with me again. Uh, say hello, Decoy. Hello, how are y'all doing? Oh, yes. Uh, hopefully, as amazing as we are, and we're excited. Um, there's a pretty good chance that uh, this game title has some clickbait, and you're welcome. Uh, you're joining us for the first time. Uh, and if that's the case, welcome. Uh, this is a podcast about board games. We Talk about board games old and new. Uh, and this game, Wonderland's War, is the newest one we've talked about by ooh, 14 years. So, Really? is
1: 14 years?
0: Yeah. 08 to 22. Check my math. Uh, is it 24 years? Ooh, it's even worse. Look at that. By 24 years. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. So, you know, um, 24 years in technology is a long time. 24 years in board game design. Turns out it's kind of a long time, too, uh, especially in this boom that we're talking about. Uh, And that boom is the very thing that sort of launched this show. And uh, Decoy and I uh, today have a very interesting task, and that is to cover a game that is brand spanking. This is 2023 uh, that you're hearing this, but uh, this game just came out last year, not that long ago, and is already getting some like redesign work and some rebouncing stuff. And it's still on Kickstarter. So uh, some people have this game. You might have seen it. You might have played it. And you might be thinking, ooh, this is interesting. Some guys are going to sit here and talk about it. And uh, yeah, that's us. That's what we're here to do. Um, decoy first question for you Uh, is this the first uh, themed game that you have played uh, that's as young as 2022 or maybe a better question would be what's the most recent uh, themed game that you've enjoyed maybe is what I mean to ask the
1: most recent themed game that I've enjoyed chronologically like this year or
0: as in the newest game that I've played, that I, that I Ooh, which which question do I even want to ask you? Um, so here's here's the root of why I'm I'm thinking this, and maybe this will maybe my thinking will give you the answer to that. Um, so there, and we talked about this a little bit uh, right before we started recording here. Uh, there's a difference I think between theme, like there's different ways that theme, I guess, can be understood. Uh, we were talking about like reskins, right? Like if you're playing Chiller Pursuit, but you're playing Star Wars Edition. Or you're playing Monopoly, but you're playing, uh, I don't know, Mario Kart Edition. Or you're playing whatever, and it's just some other version of the game, just, you know, with themed pieces. And that is a different thing from a game that has uh, a specific theme that is tied into the way that the board game has been designed. And the mechanics that go into that design. And so, for example, one game that comes to mind for me prior to this one is the game Disney Villainous, which we talked about a little bit last week Ah, in our our Stratego episode. And I feel like that game has a pretty good uh, design and theme balance because the ways that the heroes in that game, we'll talk about that game later on the show. um, But the way that that game, uh, the way that the things that are designed and baked into the way that you interact with it and the theming of it tie in, right? So to give you a a example, Captain Hook uh, is one of my favorite characters to play uh, in that game. Jafar is another one that I also really enjoy. And both of those characters have cards that interact exactly against the thing that those characters want to do, right? So Jafar wants to unlock the secret cave of wonder, and then he wants to get the magic lamp and then return it to his his palace, right? And the things that uh, are keeping you from doing that directly tie into preventing you from getting enough money to have enough people that you can use and like thieves that you can use to steal the stuff that you can then use to bring the stuff back to your cave or back to your palace or whatever. So it's like the the mechanical nature of the game is built into what Jafar wants to do. And that's different from the other characters you can play. And this game is the most recent example that I have played where that is true. Um, So that's why I was kind of pondering decoys that help. I don't know if that answers what you were asking me or not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think as far as, as
1: chronologically This is the newest game that I've played that does exactly that. Yeah, same. So Mm -hmm. I haven't played, I'm really into thematic games. Me too. But I haven't played any games that are specifically from 2022 that have hit this exact level of theming. I've played several games. I'd have to think about exactly what I played this year because it's been
0: several. What year is Nemesis? That was 2019, you said?
1: Mm, is it 2019
0: 2018 because i'm wondering if that one is like because you know nemesis the best of any and i'm like is that one where you feel like the theme is tied directly in
1: yeah it is yeah uh, so nemesis this one is just is the new version of that game it's 2018 yeah. or at okay, least, uh the base game is 2018 lockdown which is the sequel might have come after that so okay okay confused but yes yeah, so yeah nemesis has great theming but and, and that theming I can directly speak to because I'm actually very familiar with yeah, yeah. Of the stuff that it's based on. Less so with Wonderland's War. Have you okay, even though. actually said Wonderland's War yet? I feel Ooh, like I don't know. you did the introduction <laughs> and you didn't actually say the game that we're talking about. It's so,
0: Wonderland's yeah. War, yeah, we're, everyone. We're talking about
1: Wonderland's War. So <laughs> this theme is based on Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it has... this I think we colloquially refer to it as Alice in Wonderland. The, the actual book title might be slightly different but oh, yeah, right, right. that's the that's the universe that this game is taking place and is based on. And it is pretty well-themed, I've got to say. Is, it's, yeah, it's all, it's... all the stuff, like the way everything looks on the board, this game looks really nice. It though, Oh my God. I don't know. I, I only know one person who actually has played this in real life. Mm-hmm. And I have to ask how everything feels. We're playing this on Tabletop Simulator. Right. So we don't have... We've, we've talked a lot about how how good a game feels to play and i don't really know that because all the the meeples and all of the the figures that are associated with this game are a little right. bit different in person i'll have to ask once I get yeah, yeah once i get around to it what, what i feel like probably pretty good this. though right yeah but, but just like ignoring just what everything feels like what the board looks like it looks really nice the artwork oh. is great all the pieces are really cool all the boards are great yeah all the The cards the card art is so good for all this all this
0: it's it's one of the things so like if this game was themed as uh marvel or star wars even which i've been on record as a star wars fan in the past i don't know how much uh that's true now but you know i've liked it before and you know whatever uh or star trek themed or harry potter themed or whatever um I wouldn't like it as much, I can honestly say. And that's interesting for me to, like, verbalize because I'm not a huge Alice in Wonderland fan. and yeah, i think I'm not that is, I think that does this game so much credit in terms of design and also in just terms of gameplay and, like, feel because, hey, you don't have to like Disney or Alice in Wonderland and you can still love the hell out of this game. Um, and that's impressive because a lot of times uh, you can look at a game and be like, oh, this game is, you know, Winnie the Pooh themed. Okay. And then be like, well, I don't like Winnie the Pooh poo so i'm not gonna like this game then right like that kind of has a logical soundness to it i feel like and that's not the case with wonderland's war you guys um it is tied in and themed uh very 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 well and that doesn't even matter because like you cannot even like or understand what house wonderland is and still like it it's (laughs) it's pretty impressive yeah Yeah, so (laughs) So for me, theming is, is actually pretty important.
1: I'm way more into games where I'm invested in the theming, mm-hmm. such as Nemesis, and we've mm-hmm. talked about Nemesis a whole lot so right. far, even though we haven't covered it yet. We're going to get right. to it, I promise. It's, oh, yeah, we're saving it because Decoy loves it. We're saving it for the right moment. Yeah, Nemesis <laughs> right now is my favorite game, and it's also beautifully themed just like, just like Wonderland's War is. Mm-hmm. So that was a really easy sell for me. Wonderland's War is not an easy sell for me. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel nothing towards this theming, if, if I'm uh, being honest. No, that's I, fine. There's no gravity there. Nothing pulls me in. I'm much right. more science fiction as opposed to fantasy, mm-hmm. which might make sense if you know the types of games I'm interested in, including them. I was, I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> but I know I know a lot of people who are just suddenly overnight got really into this game. And I'm willing to give games a shot if they're good, even if I don't like the theming. Yep. And this game is definitely good. Yep, it's it's like I wanted... I wanted to not like this game. I played this a few times, mm-hmm. and I was like, nothing on this resonates with me at all. Like the artwork is objectively good, but yes. it's also very flowery and whimsical, and all these things which I'm not super into. Mm-hmm. And then I started playing the game. I was like, oh yeah, this game's actually pretty good. It's it's it's, it's pretty solid for for what it's trying to do. It it succeeds, mm-hmm. not in a hundred percent in every little spot, which is why they're doing a second run in the second edition on Kickstarter. right right mm-hmm. but it's it's good enough to play right now if you want to if
0: you have and I, a copy of it and i honestly think too just to touch on that point that decoy just mentioned uh the fact that they are already looking at sort of like design re- rebound stuff and like adding like a little patch to me that that means that they know that they have a good thing and that they want to provide the, they is Druid City Games, right? That's the uh, the, the company that's made uh, Wonderland's War. Uh, to me, that that uh, tells the audience, the board game audience, that is going to um, take a look at this game, they recognize that they have something special uh, because so many times you could just be like, oh, I just made this game and it's not perfect, but you know it is what it is and we made it and we'll just like put it out there, no worries. And then you know it just kind of is and then it sort of dies or doesn't. You know, maybe they make a follow up or an expansion to it. Uh, like, in a couple of years, once the money comes in, you know, whatever, right? There's all different reasons why you would build a game the way you do, and, you know, that's all fine, but to not even before the game is, like, completely fulfilled. I mean, this game came out in 2022, and right now, as of taping, they're, it's still that year, and they're, and they're already being, like, hey, we're doing design reworks and stuff to make it even more balanced and even better, because yes. to me, that means they know that they've got something good, and they're making sure that they provide the best experience for their their audience right and that's that's really special
1: yeah and to the point that they've they've gone out and asked for community feedback about what people like and don't like about the game mm-hmm. we happen to know a handful of people who are doing kind of open beta testing with them mm-hmm. and they've got a lot of games under their belt i've played this game about five times and said yep. you said you've i'm played about this game. i'm about two yep yeah so we have played this game total seven times I've seen you know, it
0: played though, to, like twice. Additionally to that, and like yeah, so I've I've been around it despite not only only playing it twice. But yeah, but yeah, yeah I've I've, uh, I've
1: watched a teach of it. So I guess mine would be up towards six. So we've got about yeah. ten. We've seen about ten games between us of, of this. Yeah, they do. Uh, we we the people we play with, they've got about a hundred games between the three of them. <laughs> right. People who are very hardcore. Yeah, and,
0: yep. and they're part of, of the redesign.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they've 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 uh, given their feedback. Some I, I don't exactly know. I'm not a part of that, so I don't know exactly what the mechanics are of how this worked, but right, I think some of their feedback has made it in, and they're mm-hmm. you know it's a continuous process. They're still mm-hmm. they're still testing stuff because they really really enjoy this game. Yeah, so, design is hard, man. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and I don't I not begrudge anybody for not getting it right on, on the absolute oh, yeah. first shot because nobody does.
0: But and what's amazing yeah, is they kind of got it almost like dude. Yeah, it's like, pretty, like we said, you could you could play it just as is just it is, totally play pretty damn good. Yeah, like,
1: yeah <laughs> you can figure out for yourself. What you think? But part of part of what I really enjoy about board games is figuring them out. Just just mm-hmm. games in general. So I, and a lot of people I know don't like this. I know a few people in particular who come to, to, <laughs> to mind. People who have been on podcasts before. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out JC. I know Ooh. you read strategy guides way more than I do, and yeah. you enjoy learning about games by reading about them. Mm-hmm. I enjoy learning about games by playing them. Yep. And it's not. Not like a a one to one. It's not like a hundred percent one and zero percent the other. I just right. think we're tilted 70-30 in one direction, another. I would spend seventy yeah, yeah. percent of my time playing. He would spend thirty percent of his time playing and seventy percent reading, and he would be thirty percent reading. Something. Oh yeah, time. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So so these uh so so this game I I've enjoyed playing to figure out what works and what doesn't, mm-hmm. and this game is so hard oh it, yeah it's it's difficult to play it's There's a lot of stuff in this game this if we're talking about weight bgg weight later this game mm-hmm. is, is a is a chunky game
0: it, it's, it's a doozy. got a lot of
1: uh <laughs> it's got a lot of things in it and i've enjoyed trying to figure out how to play it and once you do for anyone out there who hasn't played it just just try stuff see what works hopefully yep. you can get a game with people who have played more than once or twice because it's kind of as we said a lot of stuff but Part of part of the joy that I get out of board games is trying to figure them out organically instead yes. of going online and, and reading guides about what's the best or what's not the best. Um, yeah, we can maybe talk about it, maybe not when we get to what this game actually what 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 the tea party and what what the war <laughs> phase actually entail. Right, but, right. Uh, for now,
0: I can just say that game's hard.
1: Yeah, yeah. this this yeah. game
0: this game's <laughs> tough. And, to segue. This game on the box, thirteen and up. What do you think? Uh, I mean, was <laughs> you, you yeah, you're play, right. It I is mean, pretty
1: hard. You, you can play this game at thirteen. I don't know how much success you're gonna have. How old is thirteen? Yeah. So like this, the, thirteen is be... like uh, eighth
0: grade or seventh
1: grade, grade, seventh grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. Mm-hmm. If you gave this to me and well, yeah, it like that... wouldn't have been much hope for me because I wasn't very smart at that age. But well, that's fair. Yeah, I I don't know like maybe the smartest kids in my class would have been able to pick this up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody, any of us would have been able to do well. This game is pretty difficult.
0: Here's what I'm thinking. If you, ha- like if, if I'm, so if it's uh, my birthday or a uh, holiday coming up and I want a game and I love Alice in Wonderland and my parents see this new Wonderlands war. Oh, interesting. It's a brand new game. It's Alice in Wonderland themed. It says 13 and up and my Don, uh, my son or daughter just turned 14. So I'll get it for him. And that was it. And then you left them to kind of figure it out. Uh, I think they personally, I think they would have to be uh, into board games pretty pretty good um, and have a pretty strong hunger for uh, difficult, like complex things uh, yeah. like as their sort of baseline. If they're just like, I like the movie, you know, uh, and this is like a board game and I kind of like board games. Like, hey, I'll, we play Monopoly sometimes for fun, like as a family thing, and then we'll play this new Alice game, but nobody really is into it and you try and if you just opening the box i feel like you'll be like oh shit what have i gotten myself into so like just be prepared yeah <laughs> the, yeah to, to bring up another <laughs> another related
1: game i feel like villainous is like that too it does so, have a lot of
0: components so could be a little scary yeah yeah so
1: it's it's not it's, this game is much harder than villainous villainous oh, is not oh, that yeah. bad no, but no, no. if you're expecting like i was the first time i played villainous we open up the box and am like oh this is a disney theme, theme disney themed something or other Mm -hmm. And oh, I'm playing as a villain from Disney movies. That's kind of interesting. And I look at the board and be like, oh, oh, wow, there's a lot of steps in here. Like, this is not a kid's game. This is like, I don't know what the age range on villain is, but I was expecting something very, very light, and I got something medium. Yeah. And this game is above medium. This game is hard.
0: This is, Um, yeah, I would say this game is pretty hard, especially, and it potentially is like the Mirage and then the Desert, because it's not like, I don't know. Um, history themed it's not like you're, uh, you know John Company or some sort of game where it's like the on the surface it looks like it's going to be heavy and it actually is I don't know I haven't played John Company but like I can you know what I mean like I feel like yeah. some games they can uh, open the, the door before you approach the, the door and they can be like hey this will be hard notice that as you walk to it and this one I feel like is a little bit deceptive because it's got that Alice light theme look to it on the box maybe yeah and then it's like ooh, if you're not prepared it could potentially be very hard no that's not to say that you can't figure it out if you've got someone who is hungry for it and you guys together like deco is saying if you find it enjoyable to like figure out a game and just like play it together and learn about it together and grow this game has something for you uh but i think if that's not the case and you don't have someone who can sort of internalize games quickly and then do a sort of hands-on teach to other people. If you don't have somebody like that, it's going to be difficult to uh, to get it, uh, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So so from the feedback that, that we've gotten about how long it took people to really understand this game, mm-hmm. and we're talking about Capital BG Board Gamers, yep. it takes actual board game, hardcore board gamer people, about five games, to really figure out how to play this game. Which, which is a lot. A lot. Uh, yeah. If you're just playing this game at a casual meetup, you know, once a month or mm. once a week, and then you play different games. It can be kind of kind of rough. It's, it's yeah. the sort of game where you need to play a lot
0: to really get the most enjoyment out of it. And if you do, it'll the enjoyment I think can be pretty high. Yeah, uh, depending this, on this the table. Game is, uh, this game's quite deep, and this game mm-hmm. is pretty fair. I
1: think there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of mechanics in here that you have to keep track of, and just learning what they are, what they do when things are are different, what's good and what's not just takes a long time to figure out because there's so many of them.
0: Right. Man, yeah, yeah. The overhead games. is, is yeah. quite high.
1: Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully you can play with someone who's played before and can kind of show you the ropes. And once you get to about five games, I think the, ro- the game really starts to, to take off.
0: Yeah. Uh, to finish out our numbers here um, two to five players uh, is the numbers we're looking at. And um, I've mentioned, I've been on record uh, on the show before explaining my I don't want to say disdain. I don't disdain games that are exclusively two-player. I don't, but uh, I definitely lean toward games that have variable player count potential. Two game mm-hmm. two players can play, three players can also play, four players can also play, five players can also play, and it's the same game. Intrinsically, to me, has way more value than a game that is isolated in a player number. You can only play it two, and if you have a third person join, they just ruin the party. Like that's a bummer because they feel like they're like I really want to play Stratego with you, and like we're both really into it, and we want to teach this third person, and now they're here, and now it's like, ooh, now we have a third wheel, and I don't, I hate that feeling. Um, and this game doesn't have that. This game can go two to five, uh, and in my experience, um, that's pretty. I mean, I think it's more fun the more. Like we'll get into the mechanics of the game in a second, uh, and there's some elements and mechanics built into the game that intrinsically are better when there's more people, just because of the nature of what they are. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't play it that smaller player count.
1: Yeah, I the the person I know who played this in person, I think she played with two people, and she said it oh, nice. was all right for a learning game. I know yeah, the, yeah. the
0: group that we play with, they try to get four or five, so three to f- yeah, they try and start at three and try and they get start at four. three and get yeah. to three or
1: four. I don't know. I've played this game at five before, I think, and I, I don't remember exactly how it went, but it was still absolutely playable. There yeah, might yeah. be a, a ideal player number, and I'm not sure. It might just depend on the table what you prefer. Yeah, I but, think so. Yeah, a lot of the games I played at this have been four player.
0: The, um, the time on this bad boy is the classic board game spread that I always find really funny. Um, I always look at the root box, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it says, like, 45 minutes to, like, 120 minutes or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's so funny because, like, those two amounts of time are not anywhere close to the same. So this game uh, is 45 minutes to 125 minutes. That just makes me always makes me chuckle because I feel like they're basically saying, like, I don't know. You figure it out. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and definitely when you're first playing this game. It'll this take a while.
0: Good. This is going to be over over that that time amount. Yeah, it'll be three Unless, hours anyway. Get your cocoa ready uh, and some snacks because it's going to be a doozy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If you're playing one on one, playing with just two people, and you're learning the game, yeah, you might get on get get into the hundred two two hour mark or so. Yeah. But if you're teaching this game to four other people, it's you're in for a
0: you're in for an evening. Yeah, which is I mean, it's a it's a fun themed evening at least, right? Yeah. There's um, all sorts of things going on, Lots but yeah. And it's interesting too because this game only has three turns, and like it's it's one of those games. It's not like a risk where there's an infinite in like an infinite end game and there's never an end, right? Like this game has a built in amount of time that you're supposed to play it, and after three rounds of play, the game is over. And yes. that's so interesting to me that despite that, it still can be a pretty wide spread. You know?
1: Yeah, that's because there's a lot of stuff happens in
0: those three turns. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, those three
1: turns are very long. Those one turn can last
0: half an hour. Uh, yeah. Or, or longer minutes or, yeah. or what have you. So, um, well, Hey, so let's talk about, uh, the actual game and like how to play and stuff. We're not going to do it. Uh, like, uh, we're not going to read you the rule book uh, listener cause that would be pretty confusing. We're just going to give you kind of the, the brass tacks, the bare bones, the parts of the game, uh, so that you understand kind of the, the different axes that this game is, uh, is has and is approaching, uh, so that when we talk about them, you can kind of be with us, uh, and on our, on our same page. Um, so this game, uh, first of all, uh, is asymmetric uh, to a point, right? So there are five, like I said, two to five players. There are five characters uh, that you can choose to play. Um, you have the Cheshire Cat. You have Alice, the, you know, Alice, the one in Wonderland. You have the Queen of Hearts, the Mad Hatter, and the Jabberwock. Uh, and each one of those characters all have different uh, powers and different things that they can do uh, on, the, on the board and in the game, right? To give you uh, the classic example that comes to mind right away, Uh, There's a phase of the game where everyone is having tea. Oh, it's a tea party, right? And everyone except Alice moves in the same direction uh, during that phase of the game, but Alice moves backwards. Uh, And that kind of stuff, like that's the asymmetric nature of it, right? Each character is going to interact with the mechanics of the game and have different powers and different things that they maybe want to do first versus uh, other things they want to do later and vice versa that all sort of make it so that you can kind of replay it you can learn Alice, then you can be like, I want to try out the cat. And then you say, I want to try out the Queen of Hearts now. And each time you introduce yourself to a new character, it kind of or re-enriches the, the game experience in a pretty sweet way. Uh, so you can choose uh, any of those characters to play. And um, to my uh, understanding of it, there are three sort of distinct things that are happening in the game. Um, the first one that uh, I'll talk about briefly is the character board, right? So let's say that I'm playing Alice, right? Uh, one of the things I'm doing during the game of the three things I'm trying to figure out uh, is I'm trying to upgrade my board Uh, so you basically have a main big board that you're looking at and playing and then you have your own player board and on your player board there are upgrades that you want to do to unlock things like your powers or to make your actions a little bit more powerful or to forge new stronger items that you can then use uh, during play stuff like that Um, so one of the sort of mini games, if you will, that you're playing throughout this main game that you're playing is you're trying to figure out how to best uh, unlock the full potential of the character that you're playing while you're playing the game. And to neglect that is to uh, neglect a key aspect of the game, which hilariously in my first game I did because I didn't understand that that was important. <laughs> yes, yeah, so nobody does. Nobody At the end of the yeah, actually upgrading <laughs> things and forging things. Yeah. No. Uh, so, in- so I, I played Alice and I, at the end of the game, uh, I had one forged item. I had forged one time uh, and I had unlocked two powers and my, the, the opponents that I was playing against, they had forged almost every single thing they had access to and had unlocked their entire boards and they doubled my score. Um, yep. So, you know, to leave that alone and to forget about that is to uh, you know, just, hind- just uh, hinder yourself from uh, having as good of success as you're, you know, as you potentially could. Now, granted, you don't have to play every game optimally every time, but that's something you definitely want to uh, keep in mind is the sort of the way that your board uh, interacts and allows you to interact with the game space. Then we have the actual uh, like proper quote unquote phases of the game. And there are two of those. The first one, like I already mentioned, is a tea party. Uh, And remember there's three rounds. So the way the gameplay sort of works is each player uh, like takes a turn in the round. And when the round is over, we go to the next phase. And then when that round is over, then a whole turn, quote unquote, has completed. You, t- you play three turns, the game ends, right? So within the first round of turn, like round that exists, uh, one of the things you do is you have a tea party, right? So each character uh, basically sits around this lovely illustrated uh, Alice in Wonderland tea table. It's fantastic. Um, if you haven't already done so, if you wanna look up a quick, I know, maybe you're in the car, or maybe you're not able to uh, connect to the internet, but if you haven't looked at the game board, it is just, I mean, just looking at it, it's like, whoa, right? So in the center, bunch of teas, uh, cup spots, and a bunch of seats. And you basically are just moving to anywhere that you want uh, that's you know in the path you're supposed to go. So most of the characters go clockwise, and I already mentioned Alice goes counterclockwise uh, around the table. And depending on where you choose to stop, you will get specific things. Uh, some things you can choose to get are things like power-ups. Uh, some other things you can choose to get are things like maybe additional actions that you can do. Some things you can choose to get are additional characters that you can basically sort of recruit to your side. And you basically, uh, throughout the four tea party rounds that everybody has, you have to sort of decide what you want to do. Do you want to focus hard on getting new quests that you can do for points? Do you want to focus on getting uh, chips that you can use to forge upgrades for your character? Do you want to choose to get power-ups that you can use during battle, which is the second phase of the game? What is it exactly that you uh, want to do? What's your strategy, quote-unquote? And I, to me, um, if I'm being honest, the tea party element of the game, I think is probably the most interesting. Decoy, uh, what do you think, now that you've played a couple? Do you agree, or do you like the battle phase better?
1: Um, I think all of it's interesting. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what is the most interesting part. Mm-hmm. I think...
0: Because there's so many ways you can strategize.
1: Yeah, so there's uh. there's just... As we've said, there's a lot of stuff going on in this game. So <clears throat> the way you pick up cards is uh, there's a deck, and the deck is dealt out onto how many spaces? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, ten. Eleven, if you're Eleven. playing with three players or less, and then you get another one for each player over that. So there's, okay. there's you know, like a dozen plus cards on the board, mm-hmm. and they're randomized, so you get a different selection of stuff every round. Right. And in games like this, I know we're not there yet, but there in this game, you're essentially building your character and gaining points based on how good you are, your character, your bag, how much stuff you have. Right. And that is how you win the game. You, you accrue points based on that. Right. So it's interesting because you don't ever directly fight against other players Right, but you interact with them, so you don't. If you're Alice, you don't go over and and punch, uh, punch the Jabberwock, or the Jabberwock doesn't immediately go punch you. But right. you can do stuff that kind of annoys other players, or <laughs> yep. you can prematurely once you get to the battle phase end end the battle if you win that battle. But it's not right. against other players. You're just you're just it's sort of until you have enough, yeah, have scored enough points to take a region. We'll talk about that in a second. Right. So. To answer your question, what is, is this the most interesting phase to me? Mm-hmm. Kind of. If I had to pick one kind of. right at the second, because I haven't thought about this, it is interesting mm-hmm. because you can scoop other players. You each go in a turn, and then you replace the cards that you take right. at some point. And it's always fun to get a really good deal on your next, and you just take that card, and everybody groans because they <laughs> wanted that card
0: too. Right, and, and you're like, oh, yeah, I snagged it.
1: Yeah, you reveal something, uh, and it's a really good thing, and you can take it. Or right. You, you take something and you realize oh I just I just revealed something else that's that's actually really good I should have done something slightly differently maybe mm-hmm. or some such so yeah, yeah. So this is this is one of the few places in the game where you can
0: actually annoy other players and that's, <laughs> that's yeah. which is interesting yeah so why are you, why you're going around this tea this tea area uh, like we're like we're talking about here um, eventually uh, you have to make a decision and that decision is when you reach uh, when to go back around to the head of the table. And once you get to the head of the table, the cards that were drawn already that no one is sitting at, uh, they get re, redrawn, right? So if four players are playing, three players are going to be at specific seats. So that means they've collected the cards that are at that seat. So they get that card and they add it to their, their area, right? Um, and that, that seat is blank. Now nobody else can go there, right? Once you get to the head of the table, any open seats that aren't, uh, that don't have a character sitting there, they get new cards. And then you can be like, hey, now I want that one. You can go and get it, right? The only problem is when you get to the head of the table, you also accrue uh, a shard, which is symbolic for madness, right? Uh, And the more madness you have, obviously uh, the more like the worse that is, right? And we'll get to like what that means in a second. Um, So you're constantly doing this push and pull of like, do I want to uh, get extra madness and go around the table faster so that I can get better stuff, uh, which is potentially risky because now I have more madness or do I want to play it safe and just kind of optimize with what I have in front of me and not uh, take the risk of getting that extra madness and things like that are at almost literally every single step of the game from start to finish. So if just that thought experiment right there interests you, then you're going to love this game because every step of the way, there are little things like that where you're like, Ooh, should I take the risk or should I not take the risk? And I feel like this game is that question taken and exploded. Should I push my luck or should I play it safe? And yeah. more often than not, you should push your luck. Yes. But then, when you do push your luck and you bust, and it's like, oh shit, right? So yeah, like that. That that is just uh, extrapolated upon many, 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 many times over in a really, really fascinating way. It's not it doesn't get repetitive though. It's like every single way that they take that idea and they run with it is a different way, and it makes the game better. And it's just like over time, you're like, how is it that they did this so many different ways, and it all works so well and themed so together? It's pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, this this uh if you play backgammon a lot, this reminds mm-hmm. me of backgammon. In Ooh, every okay. in every round of backgammon, you're faced with decisions if you roll. Sometimes you roll doubles and you roll great and you can make some really easy choices about whether you want to be offensive or defensive. Sorry, right. I'm not familiar with the exact lingo of what what that means where you, where <laughs> No, it's fine. Want, yeah, where you want to sorry to our listeners, uh the backgammon people, backgammon people, but <laughs> essentially moving where you're choosing to move your Marbles, your uh, discs. The checkers or discs, checkers, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to uh, refer to them as, where you move your checkers. Um, and then you have, sometimes you have choices, like you roll a three, four, and there's no good moves. So you have to pick right. the best bad move, or you can just go for it. You can just send one, one checker all the way across the board and hope your opponent doesn't roll a two. Mm-hmm. And that feeling is what I get from this game. Yes. Do I. There's two empty spaces, two empty cards, and there's one card right here that is okay. I kind of right. need it at some point, but doesn't need to be right now. Or I could, I could choose to reset the board, gain some more madness, gain some more shards, mm-hmm. and hope that the next two cards are are really good. So I, I I take a guaranteed hit that's a little bit for the promise of maybe something that's that's better. Right. And sometimes you hit it, and sometimes you don't. Yeah, sometimes and... it actually unintentionally helps other players. So <laughs> yep. the whole the whole game is a bunch of that just just managing risk. Yeah, and a lot of times in this game with the people we have played with, you just you just send it, you just risk it all, you just yeah risk it all, baby. Yep. Yeah, let's gamble. You stop. So, you just, just gamble. <laughs> so yeah, that's and... that's kind of the crux of a lot of little decisions. If you actually like gambling and right. going for. For 5050s or not even 5050s, like because you're the way the the way the game mechanics work in the war phase, you never really know what your odds are, which is right, a little yeah. bit scary. Unless it's you, very you scary. have a very, very good memory, which like photogenic, right? Yeah. 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 So there if you have a really good memory, you can figure out the exact numbers of what you're going for. Mm-hmm. But most of the time you just have a general idea. And the little the little there's a lot of little situations where you have that, I don't know what that's called, the dopamine rush where yes. you've made a decision and then something gets revealed and there's anticipation. That yeah. happens so much in this game. And oh, yeah. it's very addicting. It is very addicting. If, if <laughs> yeah. you're into gambling or if you're into slots, this this, this uh, blackjack, anything. This has got uh, this, something for you. Yeah, this this kind of presses that, that similar button to that.
0: Yep. Um, and it's in the safety of not losing money. So, hey, you know. Yeah.
1: Until we get into this, the year's 2026, and there's a, a
0: Wonderland's War competitive gambling championship. Circuit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The Bat-gaming, uh tournament has transformed to the Wonderland's War tournament. Let's go. Yes. Let's make <laughs> it happen. 2026. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, well, hey, we got two phases in, right? Well, actually, we only have one. We have. Uh, so we talked about the board. We talked about the tea party, right? So once everyone has gone, gotten four cards. The Tea Party is done. So depending on how many players you have, you go around until everyone's done four cards, right? Um, And one of the things you're doing while you're in the Tea Party phase is you're building your bag. And you've heard Decoy talk about the bag already. And the bag is important for phase two. And phase two is the battle phase because this is Wonderland's War, right? The only difference is uh, usually you think of a war game like Risk or like, uh, I don't know, uh, Root or any of the others that you you might know. Typically in a war game, you're actively battling your opponents who are playing other factions, right? And as we've already mentioned, in this game you're not really doing any battling. You're sort of just trying to outlast everyone, uh, and trying to push your luck harder than they're trying to push their luck. Um, and the battle phase is pretty simple. So there are five uh, like arenas around the board, right? That you could the battle phase occurs in. That's on the outside of the board, uh, outside of the tea party, right? Uh, and those are beautifully themed, right? So you've got the the pool of tears, you've got told you would, you've got wits in, the red keep. Uh, the meadow of living flowers. And all of these places uh, occur uh, individually. Uh, So let's say, for example, we're starting in the Pool of Tears. Um, Anybody who has warriors there, one of the cards you can draw during the Tea Party phase gives you warriors uh, anywhere you'd like, Uh, sometimes to specific places, other times wherever you want. So if you choose to fight in the Pool of Tears, you can add as many warriors as you'd like during that to that area. And then whoever has warriors there who chose to put them there, they're the ones who fight in the Pool of Tears. And you do the same thing for every single arena You go around, right? So let's say we're fighting in the Pool of Tears. It's me and Decoy. Um, We start with a specific amount of power uh, that we have. It's zero to two or three, maybe on average, maybe a little bit more. And the goal is just to get the highest number of power or the highest number, if you just want to think of it like that, in the battle. Uh, And anytime you draw uh, Madness or the Shards, remember those that you get from the Tea Party, anytime you draw those out of your bag, you have to uh, kill warriors that are in the arena so let's say i have two and decoy has two if i if he draws a number let's say out of his bag he draws a three hey he gets to move his power meter up three so now he's at three and i'm at zero because ah oh man i drew a shard so that means instead of gaining anything i have to kill one of my warriors oh no and what happens is over time eventually if you run out of warriors, uh, you the you you're out you bust you've busted right and that's kind of where the push your luck element comes in because as decoy mentioned you never really know what's in your bag you kind of have a decent idea and if you have photo a photogenic memory then you can maybe remember that you have one shard left in your bag out of 10 pieces and there's a pretty good chance you won't draw it but unless you're like that um at any given moment it feels like you could bust and it's like well i don't know because i've added a lot of shards on this last tea party round so i feel like i should pause and see if someone else busts and nobody really ever knows what the other person's gonna do. Which is another uh, nice element of this game.
1: Yeah. So to 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 take it down a level, each player gets a bag. So mm-hmm. the bag is actually in in the actual game. It's a physical bag. So you have a little yep. cloth bag, and then you have circular chips that go in the bag. Some of yep. them are good. Some of them are bad. Mm-hmm. All all uh, characters start out with a certain number of their own people. So they, it's like six they, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there, everybody starts out with six or eight i want to say it's what version of this so there's uh there's three ones one two and two threes and a forge chip which is a one so that's one two three four five six seven and this might vary depending on what exact version of this you're playing right essentially you get a bunch of your own good stuff to start and then you Mm -hmm. also get madness chips Mm
0: -hmm.
1: madness chips when you're but they're drawn they kill your guys and they also uh get added to your board and there's stuff with the board that we don't need to talk to talk about but yeah, yeah, essentially, mad, the Madness Chips ship, are, are bad. And then mm-hmm. over the course of the game, you add more Madness from stuff that happens. And yep. you add more guys. You add more positive chips that you can draw that give you bigger numbers. So right. everybody knows, in theory, what is in their bag at all times. Right. But after you get <laughs> the round... Like, on round number one, you probably have a good idea. Round number two... Ooh. How many ones do I have left? How many twos do I have left? How many, many exactly shards did I have? Here? I'm not sure. You're, right. What you're supposed to do during the battle is everybody says, some the, whoever the table captain is, they say, draw, everybody draw, mm-hmm. and then you draw, like, randomly, you stick your hand in the bag, and you pull out one tile, and you place it on your board, and then right. you do whatever that, that tile requires, and then you just keep going until someone busts, meaning they run out of warriors on that location. Or right. you can choose to stop and at that point your uh, your power does not go up. Right. It blocked You also stay there. So there's points right. for first place and also points for second place that are based on where locations are. Right. So in, in yeah, so if you have a really good memory, you can at all times <laughs> exactly what is in your board and your exact probability of drawing everything. Right. But even if you do that, uh, right. good luck keeping track of everyone else's bag too. They're all yeah. dealing with the same thing you are, <laughs> and you will be competing, not, not directly, you're not, not punching each other, right. but you're competing o- over who gets the most points the fastest on uh, the, the victory track for the track, that, yeah. that uh, location.
0: Until so, you bust,
1: right? Yep. Yeah, until you bust. So there, there's absolutely situations where I think I think Jabberwocky ex- it, like, used all of his stuff on the last battle but I'm not sure. And I don't know whether I should stop. Maybe I just go one more.
0: Right. But and if that, I draw something uh.
1: really bad, then I have a huge problem. <laughs> right. So every time we play this game, everybody says, everybody ready? Yes. And then you draw. Okay. Everybody right. ready? No, wait, stop. I have to think Hold on. This. Let me think. Yep. Hold <laughs> on. Like I need to look at the board and I need to make sure that I'm making an informed decision. Right. And then you go again.
0: And then they say, okay, wait, hold on. And then
1: somebody else says, hold on, wait, hold on. I have to look at, and everybody does this. It's very funny. It is very funny. It's it's like the the actual reaction of people is like, oh, come on, dude. Like, really? Like, you have have forever to think about this. We're trying to keep the game moving. It's this very strange social peer pressure of not wanting to take too long. For me, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this is just because I play with people who who have played this game a lot and know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm still a newbie. Very newbie. And I don't yeah, know same, what I'm doing, same. so I feel I feel bad about slowing the game down. But there's also just you know I, so many wanna, things to think about. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there's <laughs> even beyond the things we're talking about. There's more things. So yeah, oh my god, yeah. We, yeah if we get into everything, we could talk. We'll talk yeah, for two hours so, about so the game. There's yeah. like upgrades and forge ships and, leader and, and, and leaders there's and wonderlandians and leaders. There's, wonderlandians. There's quests. There's, yeah, there's quests that you get. So there, like you do specific things at specific locations. You get you get specific mates. points and yeah. Like, there, there's This is a Euro game, if you haven't noticed. There is uh, some player interaction, and there's actually some RNG too. Mm -hmm. But at, at the core of this game, you're trying to build the best points engine you can for yourself. Right. And then hope you roll well enough or draw well enough from your bag to make it happen. Yep. And the person who does both of those things the best wins most of the time
0: and that's interesting because the euros that i've played uh typically the game doesn't really screw you uh and i think that's what is interesting to me about this specific game which i do think is a euro um by definition yeah. we probably look it up but like the game though like the way it's built and, and not in a mean way but like the way that it's built the game can sort of sc- can like can screw you up like you can, you can build a really nice engine that works really well and you've done things optimally and you get to the battle phase and then you can just draw like shit or someone else can just draw really well and then they end up scoring the big points even though like technically by luck they shouldn't have or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of things that can suddenly not go your way that are kind of built in, which keeps it fun. Because I feel like if you're just optimizing like a puzzle the whole time and everyone's just trying to find the optimal play and then like whoever strategizes the best wins, those games can be fun, like chess, for example, comes to mind. Go, things like that. But uh, the games that I really like are the ones where you do that, but then you also do have to play a game. Though it's not, it's there is still some game to it. It's not just a, a strategy puzzle. It's a strategy puzzle that is in the the it's it's in the house of a game still. And this one does that really well. Maybe you hate. Maybe some people probably hate that, right? But yeah, but, yes.
1: Yeah, th- this the first few times I played this game, it it definitely struck me as a euro game, mm. except it had more RNG than I'm used to seeing euro games. Right. There's yep. actually quite a bit of RNG. Quite Just a bit having RNG. a bag is is not very euro-y, but right, it right. it allows an interesting and I I know we don't have any of our experts on here to talk about it, but no, that's okay. I I feel like there's enough RNG to kind of bridge the gaps of not knowing the game as well so yeah. it's totally possible that you did not build your character very well but if you roll very, very well or you 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 draw from your bag very well you can mm. win battles anyway if your other <laughs> opponents draw like you know average or below average and sometimes right. that just happens yep. so
0: even which if you're not good, like perfect
1: maybe. at the game you can still win
0: yeah which is hilarious because i feel like uh, in some games that we like you can be you can make bad decisions and then the game will say, well, you made a bad decision here. So this is what happens to you now. And in this game, you could be like everyone else would have stopped in this case, but I didn't know any better, but it's okay because like, there's enough of the game, like there's enough game built around something like that to where like, you can actually do that. Like you could not be good and you could beat somebody who's really good. And they were actually trying to win. Like that is possible. And a lot of games that's not really as possible. I feel like. Yes. Which is pretty cool. I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I was actually going to ask you, decoy. Um, in terms, of, oh, so did we cover everything about the game? Let me Yeah. So, so, let's um, see. Uh,
1: so you bag, have a battle, and you, you pull stuff out of your bag, and then, you add up the points at the end. Yeah. So you so you move, and then from there, you have five locations. And then you move and you mm, battle you move through each the one five locations one right. of the other things the fun neat little thing here is that if you're not part of a battle you can wager on who you think will win
0: oh right yeah you can gamble yeah
1: yeah so <laughs> that's another little place where you can gamble so if yep. you're not in the in the pool of tears fight you can you each have little character cards for everybody else's character and mm-hmm. you bet on who you think wins and if you are correct you get a little bonus bonus and if you're wrong you get a and shard, if you're wrong, get a shard. <laughs> uh, and you you and then you can yell at that person for, for not passing short. On turn yeah. two <laughs> Because they knew you bet on them apparently, and they wanted right. to lose. So, oh man. <laughs> so again, more gambling.
0: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. More After, little things like, should I push it? I could just not bet. I could just yeah. I could not bet, I could Play but, it safe, you know.
1: But but we're here to gamble, right? This is the gambling game, so yeah. we're, we're we're betting on every single round.
0: Line them so, yeah, up. You, Let's roll those dice. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so so you roll like so you do five battles, you go around, and mm-hmm. then you you total up points. There's a point tracker on the outside of the board based yep. on. Each, each place has a randomized point value mm-hmm. and whoever wins gets that point value whoever gets second place gets half the point value
0: mm-hmm. yep, that's and right.
1: then you add up all the points for there and you go on to the next round you do the same thing three times
0: yep. then it's tea party round two war phase round two tea party round three war phase round three game's over yeah um, and, and all you, the while you're upgrading your board and stuff to make the battle phase stronger or the the pulls a little bit better or the tea party a little bit smoother like you're basically just Making your the way that you interact with those two phases of the game a little bit different each as you upgrade your your board, which is that third quote unquote phase. Yeah.
1: Yep. And then after all those three rounds are over, you tabulate all the points. Most points wins. And you very, get points. That's from, very Euro Yep. Yeah, you get points from other things, some of which are hidden, some of which are
0: not. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the game. Yeah, dude. Hey, we did it. Yeah. So hey, decoy. D- uh, I was actually going to ask you. It like one of the questions I did actually have built in that I wanted to ask before we get to wait is whether or not you what this game actually genre is like is it a euro or is it because because this is called Wonderland War and there's strategy built in so my first thought was oh it's a war strategy game of course right because it's called Wonderland's War and there's a ton of strategy that you can do right and different avenues you can take and different like things you can try but then I was like wait hold on it's not a war strategy game because like you're not even really ever actively hurting anyone else. You're just, like, pulling your chips and, like, trying to score more points than them. But you're not, like, removing their warriors and doing stuff like that. It's yes. almost like the game is, like, you're shooting your own self in the foot if you mess up, like, <laughs> kind of thing.
1: Yeah, so the interaction part, it, it's not a war because you're not directly fighting against each other. The most right. you do is annoy the other players. Right. So if you're yeah. playing as a Jabberwock, you can give other players poison chips, which hurt them a little bit. Right. If you're playing as a Cheshire Cat, you can give away... Some of the shards that you shards get to other some people, yeah. One, some of the Wonderlandians are very annoying. They add to your combat ability or right. they do other stuff, like they mess up your opponent's bag. Right. Uh, I had one of those in the game I played on Monday and <laughs> I, I got it immediately, and everybody at the table groaned. Oh, I knew that's when they <laughs> made the correct decision. Yep. Still finished in last place because I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, well, sure. That's, but aside, aside from, from Nether there, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that in itself, that little one was a good play. Yeah. So. So i guess it's yeah. a euro then or is it something is, is it like a combo this is uh this is a euro deck builder with okay. a little bit more rng than
0: is usually than on average in the euro do you think it's different enough to like because it is a new game remember like we, we talked about earlier do you think it's different enough to maybe be something new that hasn't like a genre that maybe hasn't been fully formed or that blends some together or does it feel euroy enough to be a euro quote unquote
1: no, this is Euroy. This this okay. is one hundred percent Euroy to me. Euro okay. games, the Euro games that I've played, have all been the same experience, and that is, you open up the board, you look at everything, and you're overwhelmed because there's right. so many systems in place that you have to track. Right. So in this game, you have lots of stuff. To do uh, oh, heavy have, overhead. Yep. You have your board. On your board, your player board, you have your your upgrades, your personal mm-hmm. upgrades. You have your, your faction, uh, faction pieces in your bag. You have mm-hmm. your leader strength, and you have your forge portion of your deck. Uh, you also have to deal with the tea party cards. You also have to deal with the right. locations and the points associated with them. Right. You also have to deal with quests, which give you bonuses for doing very specific random things in each location. Mm-hmm. You also have to deal with Wonderlandians, which are sort of like <laughs> upgrades NPC characters that you control to give you bonuses. Right. You also have to deal with faction pieces, which add yep. kind of like third-party pieces to your bag that do different things. The right. Red Rooks, the Card yep. Soldiers, the Flamingos, yep. the Flamingos, the, yep. the Green All Goblin thing. Yep. And then you have to manage how you move around the board and pick up your Tea Party cards and yep. how to how to manage shards that that's all this stuff is like so much to me like there's yeah. so many little things you have to keep track of and every euro game that i've played that i've not liked has had just like too too many components to it that i couldn't keep
0: track of yeah exactly. it's it's the overhead man and that's this is a good segue to our weight discussion i think because a lot of people consider overhead which is what i keep saying as the main thing of weight which is like how many different mm. systems does a uh, a person who's playing or the maybe the most experienced person, how many different things do they have to manage and keep track of in order for the game to be played correctly or to be played correctly enough that it feels like you, you played the game. And this one has a a few, (laughs) you just heard Decoy name, name many, and that's not even all of them. Right. Yeah. Um, Then you have, you have, you have two phases that you have to deal with on top of that. Right. Right. And your own board all the while and everybody else's and like what their factions are and
1: stuff. Every, what everybody else can do to you on on their oh, turn or is it asymmetric right everything yep. yeah yep. so like if if you're moving around the tea party and you're like oh i can get this one and it's going to be prohibitively expensive for someone else to get it unless you're alice alice moves backwards and she can actually right. get it so you have to keep that in mind man it's so much <laughs> so... yeah there, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> to, to be to be fair to this game none of
0: these things individually are all that hard
1: that's right there's just a dozen of them
0: Yeah. So you're like, all right, all these things are pretty easy, but when you add them all up, it's like overloading. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then you forget one because there's 12 things. So managing everything is difficult, but on an individual basis, nothing is actually that hard to do. It's just a lot of
0: stuff. Which is maybe why that 13 range is, is maybe, I don't know if it's perfect, but if you take them all at face value, 13, yeah. Like can a 13 year old figure out, The like adding stuff to the bag and like the numbers on the war track, yeah, sure they can. But then you add those eleven other things individually on top of it, and they're all about that simple. That's when, like you said, that's when it gets heavy. Yeah, yeah. Just
1: kind of there's there's an overload that happens where mm -hmm. you lose track of things if there's too many things to do. That being said, like like we said, it's taken our our board gamer friends about five games to really understand what's going on. Yeah, you basically
0: get like maybe a quarter of it the first game, or maybe half, and then you get those things even better plus maybe 20 percent, and then all of a sudden you're close yes then
1: you're understanding what is good and what is bad to do and then what strategies you should be going to in certain circumstances so yeah it's 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 a tough game but it it's uh it's very rewarding
0: it's very interesting it is very rewarding yeah um let's have decoy shoot in the dark here uh for weight shall we um this one is uh to give you the highs and lows like normal while we get into this um chess 3.68 is our highest Dominion, 2.35, second highest. We got Kerplunk, 1.04. Guess who? 1.11. Those are our lowest. Uh, And we talked about Trooper Pursuit a little bit earlier. That's close to the middle. That's a 1.64. Decoy, do you have your answer behind door number one?
1: Um, (laughs) Yes, I've thought about this quite a lot, actually. So this is not more complicated than chess. it's not going to go above chess. It is more complicated. I should say complicated more weighty weighty we yeah, more yeah more heavy yeah more heavy so or heavier it is heavier than dominion Ooh, okay would, so 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 dominion is being being 2.35 yeah yeah <laughs> that seems low to me but that's probably just because of it it's the base game I'm, I'm pretty sure if you if you just did if the setup for dominion was randomized everything with all the expansions it might be like a 27 or something like that
0: okay i got you
1: so it's going to be in there somewhere, and mm-hmm. my initial inclination is to put it halfway.
0: Ooh, okay. That'd so be like three that'd flat. Be
1: three, three flat. So it's never three flat. Nothing, nothing is ever right on the dot. <laughs> which means if I want to guess it correct, I have to, I have to
0: a little bit higher, or a little bit lower. Direction. Yep. So we'll, we'll bump it higher, I think. And this okay. is going to be a three point oh three. That's Ooh, that's a really good guess, listener. It's two point nine five. So if you oh. bumped it the other way, you would have had it. That is impressive. One of these, yeah. one of these days, I'm going to get it.
1: So it, it's much easier to do it at this stage because there's there's less stuff. If I have to for the next one, that's like very close to to how how this game is, it's going to mm-hmm. be much more difficult for me to figure out what exactly the weight is compared to wonderland's war whether it's higher or lower for this. (laughs) next like Nem like to spoilers is nemesis going to be higher or lower than this i have no idea i have to think about it more i I don't really know
0: it is going to get tough once we get into the medium weight and to remind our listeners uh three is exactly medium according to bgg right and we did already say that this one's sort of heavier uh or like maybe even like hard as opposed to medium or light um and three is like right at medium is what they would say right whereas like the two like mid to low two ranges like medium light and the chess member at 3.68 that's pushing towards medium heavy which is you know are supposed to be quote unquote hard although i can say uh we talk about chess a lot on this uh, not to beat the dead horse but waterman teaches chess to kindergartners who are five years old i don't know that you could teach wonderland's war to a kindergartner though so that's interesting
1: yeah yeah Th- there's got to be something about the age range for these games where you can teach the game successfully, but that person might not be able to play it well. So you okay. can absolutely teach this game to what was a thirteen-year-old, twelve-year-old. Yeah, thirteen and up is what. It says, yeah, thirteen. So. so you can teach this to a thirteen-year-old, and they might have fun, but I don't think they're going to win a whole lot if they're playing with good people. Yeah, yeah, okay. But the same is true for of for chess. chess. You can yeah. teach chess to a five-year-old. They're still not going to beat, you know, Waterman, right? Yeah, no way. So there's... The the age range might just be the minimum that people can understand the game.
0: Ah, uh, maybe Either that is the way we well. should think about it. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Can so you understand the mechanics of it and can you understand the rules or like the simple... Like we said, the all of the many sort of like mechanical things that are happening are all pretty simple in isolation. And can you understand those? Maybe a 13-year-old could understand those in isolation. Yeah, I would say. Yeah,
1: there, there's like... A, there's a floor and ceiling thing going on here. Right, so yeah. So chess has both a very low age floor and also a ceiling or skill ceiling. Very high. Talk about that. So you can play this game with five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, and they Mm -hmm. can understand what's going on. You can also play this game with whoever, like anybody, the, the upper limit doesn't exist. Right. (laughs) The best people at chess are still learning and deeply studying chess. So, this game is, is a little bit different because I think that floor is a little bit higher. You need to be a little bit further along in order to understand the basics and how things, the mechanics of how this game works in a way that, that chess is simpler. Yeah. But maybe the depth isn't necessarily there because chess is, and Go, and all these wide open, high weight, huge yeah. strategy games just yeah. have like a
0: ton going on after you get past the learning stage. It's almost now, like a I'm grand not... strategy game board game instead of like yeah. a grand strategy game video game, you know?
1: I have not played this game to know really where the skill ceiling is with this game. But I suspect that once you understand how to play this game and once you understand the strategy and the meta, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit prescriptive. There's a little bit of you can go in one direction or the other. Right. Or uh, you see two cards you can get there about the same. But most of the time there will be one answer that's available on the board for you to go towards if you know what you're doing. Yeah. And you can argue whether one is slightly better than the other, but you kind of get into channels with this. Yeah. The later you get into the game, and there's exactly one thing you need, or exactly three things you need, and you have four cards to get it in.
0: And you have to manage that stuff. And that's like, then you win if you get it, and it's like pretty simple in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: you win if you get it, and you have average RNG, and if you don't, you don't win. So, in that sense, I think the the skill ceiling here is is a little bit smaller. Mm -hmm. Not really that high. But it is at the same time because it's still a complicated game. Complicated game, yeah. <laughs> it's just the board kind of just tells you what to do sometimes, and yeah, that doesn't happen in chess. Although that's not a no. fair
0: comparison. I mean, maybe it does technically if you're reading the board like a chess master, but that's a different whole conversation. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and I'm not, I'm not like yes. If there's a checkmate available, then the board is telling you to checkmate. But if you're five, <laughs> right. you're five or ten or twelve moves away from that, then you have to make a choice where it's still branching a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. in that situation, I think. Wonderland's War is more like two options or three options instead of, you know, eight options. I don't
0: know. Right. I think, I, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Um, it's, oh, man, this, this, what I'm thinking about now is where we're going to place this thing. And it's tough um, oh, because gosh. there's so many different elements that are up for consumption, I think. And like, though you can think of it the, of the weight and the, the ceiling and the floor and the skill. Elements like we were just talking about, you could think about it in terms of theme uh, and the way that the design and the theme are so married to one another, which is uh, very special, right? Like you could look at it in terms of um, it's a euro. So like maybe if you don't like euros that much or like if the overhead is too much, that it kind of turns some people away. Like decoy mentioned, right? There's so many elements that go into this. Um, and neither one of us have the nostalgia or the history with this game. Like, uh, we have in um, pretty much, I want to say every single other game we've covered so far. I think this is the first one on the show that we've brought to the front here that doesn't have a close place in our hearts in some way, um, whether like either good or bad, right? Like, and that, that's something that's going to be unique as we continue to kind of like cover more games in advance the the list that we're adding to and that kind of stuff it's like we're going to come across stuff that you know maybe is good but we haven't we don't love it and like what does that mean right does that mean that it goes lower than the things we love maybe but like how low then you know or whatever right and this is the first time where we have to reconcile that and it's uh, it's hard <laughs> yeah to to push back on that idea there's nostalgia
1: is different or maybe nostalgia is not the w- right right word but closeness yeah, yeah. to a game is is uh, I would say a little bit debatable because neither yeah. of us, for the theming, neither of us are su- super into Alice in Wonderland. Where I, right. I can speak for myself,
0: being super not into fantasy. I don't, I don't know about you. Are you are right, you into right. The fantasy not, type not, things. Not a hundred. Not. I mean, I I will like it sometimes. Yeah, me, I will I'll, also like but it not sometimes. Always, yeah. So yeah, like I. Really. I'm,
1: I'm down for. I'm down to watch the Lord of the Rings marathon, but maybe not with people who watch Lord of the Rings marathons. If that <laughs> makes sense. <laughs>
0: That does make sense, actually. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm into it about that much, but this right, is not yeah. really my thing. Yeah. Uh, so what else does this game have going for it? It's a deck builder or a bag mm-hmm. builder, and right, I am yeah. into deck builders and bag builders as mm-hmm. as much as I as as JC will will talk trash to me about not actually <laughs> playing that many deck builders. By the way, right. I thought of one one other one that I do actually play. I play Fort. Fort's a Hey, yep, there I should come yep. up with it on our, arguably my our favorite video. one.
0: Um, but I do but I have played more of it, so it's hard to say. But yeah, the fort's a great yeah. one too.
1: Yeah, Fort's really good. We'll have more on that in the Fort episode, which we're gonna be doing coming uh, soon. Yep. Yes, and I'm looking forward to talking about. It. Yeah. But yeah, so I like I like that type of style of game and um, what other types of tags do you have on this? It's a Euro game, and I'm not mm-hmm. you know, particularly attached to Euro games. Some of them mm-hmm. are good, some of them I I don't care for particularly. Right, And then this also kind of gambly. I think that should yeah. be a tag. This game's gambly. It's definitely and a gamble, yep. Yeah, it, it's got not explicitly put down five bucks for this outcome, but more do you want to push your luck right here or not? And then you have to Times do it again infinity. a minute later. And they have to do it right. again a minute later. And they have to do it again and again and again. Yep. It's and eventually it'll screw you. This game. Yep. Or mm-hmm. it won't and you win. It's oh, It's intoxicating. Right? It is. So, yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of, like, I'm a gambler. Like, I, I, I have been... Yeah, take a gamble. partake in, in gambling. Sure. So sure. I would say, if, if those are our tags for this game, I, I hit two of the four of them, and mm-hmm. that's something. I, that is I've, something. That's why I continue to play this game, even after I said, this seems like a good Euro game. Mm-hmm. I forget when I said this. If Euro games are your thing, you wouldn't enjoy Then you'll probably game. like it. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm so. not really a Euro game person, so I figured I'd stop playing this game. Except I kind of want to play this game more because of those things. I've kind of just put this together just now. Like, why am I interested in continuing to play this game? I don't like euros and I like the theming, right? But it's still a a bag builder, deck builder, which I like, and still kind of gambling, which I feel like doing on occasion.
0: So yeah, and that's something that can bring you. Like, it's designed well enough, I think, to where even if, like we said, even if the theming doesn't strike you, or even if you don't like euros, you like things like perfect information strategy, or you like war games, or whatever. Or if you aren't necessarily into building a deck or building a bag, you want something that's like laid out in front of you and it's not asymmetric. Everything has its place and everyone has access to the same stuff. Even if all of those things are true, which for some people that I know who play it, that is true. They like, they, for some reason though, like this keeps, actually I do want to play that again. Like it, it's doing something. and I think that's something for now for me is what, how I'm picturing it at least is, the design of it is so uh good and theme is so married into that design that no matter how you like slice it it's doing something that is uh that you can appreciate i I guess is what i'm trying to say and even if you don't quote unquote normally like the thing that it's doing it's done so well that you're like damn this is actually kind of cool even though it's not my traditional thing i normally like to do quote unquote uh and that's impressive, man. There's not a lot of games that can do that. I don't think.
1: Yeah, this game is very well put together. So yep. the, the people who designed this game spent a lot of time making sure everything worked together, and they've done a pretty good job. They've done yeah. a very good job. i will say they've done big, a very
0: good job. This yeah, game. shout shout to Tim and Ben Eisner and Ian Moss, uh, man. They yep. And so M- Manny Trimbley is our artist. Uh, big shout to them. Holy shit, right? But yeah, like as a whole, and the whole. I'm sure there's more than just those people on the team. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah, whew. it's good. It's a good game. It's good.
1: Give it give it a give it a whirl if uh, if. If you have the opportunity to yeah
0: speaking of um how do we how do we reconcile with the others i have a i have an idea okay so we start at our other gambling game and we see what happens what is our other gambling game technically backgammon i guess yeah
1: i was gonna say <laughs> technically it's backgammon
0: um, that so that's number 10 right now it's in our top 10 we have 17 games on the list uh and yeah i'm thinking Maybe we start at backgammon and we see if it's going to go into the top 10 or if it's going to stay just outside. Because to be fair, if I don't think it's going to go below backgammon, but let's just say that it did, I wouldn't let it go below Getsu. So it would be right there at the lowest, I think. But, sure. I, do th- I, but I do think it's going to go above backgammon. But I'm just curious if, that's, if you have any thoughts in terms of the gambliness of it, since that's what we were just talking about.
1: It's it's so funny, gambliness, but it's gambling in different ways. It's it's gambling right. on decisions instead of gambling on actual money. Right, right, right. It's it's different, but it's, it's not not that different. It still you still get the same kind of feeling from it. It's different. I, I don't <laughs> know. Is. I want to say necessarily it's the same feeling. It's in the same ballpark, though. This is better than backgammon. This is I think so. Better
0: than yeah, I think so. So Scrabble's next. Um, and this is where we usually have our friction. And Scrabble is also the game that we have sort of donned the gatekeeper. Um, so if it, it's if it's going to beat Scrabble, it has to be good uh, or it has to connect with one of us so much that despite how good it is, it's uh, like, we it trumps it. Um, I uh, will have more luck Uh, probably playing Scrabble. Like, will I ever buy Wonderland's War? I don't know. I have access to TTS, so I can always just play on there. Uh, My wife does like Alice in Wonderland, so maybe. But I think I'm more interested in showing her some different things than this first. But it is in the back of my mind. Um, There's a certain
1: argument to buying a game just because it looks nice, and you can just leave it on your shelf, and it has beautiful art. Like as a collector's thing. yeah, Yeah, and you just pull it out and show it to people and say, this is a really cool game. Yeah, and the fact that I, it
0: exists, I need to get it right.
1: Yeah, so this has that going for The art is good enough for for you to to consider doing that, and then I think play so it on occasion. It's, it's pretty good, although it's not really it's not really a casual game. It's uh, if you really want to introduce more game people to it, I feel right. like this game is gonna once once the second printing comes out, a lot of people are gonna be playing this game because it's quite. Yeah,
0: fun. yeah, I think so. So that means I think it goes above Scrabble. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Scrabble is more accessible to your every man. It is. I is. I'm not. I could play Scrabble with my mother. I'm not playing this with my mother. That's right. not going to work out. No way. Same. That being said, yeah. Scrabble is probably not going to work out too great either. But there's other games on that level that we could play. <laughs> oh, my right. God. I, I feel like I just took a shot at my mom. Mom, I love you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> mom, love you. But, yeah, you probably
1: shouldn't play yes. Wonderland's War, though. Be yeah, <laughs> you definitely shouldn't play Wonderland's War. We actually play other, other word games. I just haven't played Scrabble.
0: We don't have a yeah, Scrabble
1: yeah. board at home. So, yeah so yeah. I, it's not it's not for everybody but it's just so good that if you have a board gaming group then right you should play it so yeah.
0: so yeah and you and we said this too could like scrabble was kind of the first game where you could say like having a board game night let's play scrabble wonderland's where you could put a game night around for sure yes much you, easier you than build the a night around
1: playing this game and teaching this yeah. game
0: 100 percent. so i guess nexus checkers as it continues to climb Checkers has a lot of history, uh, as does Stratego, not as much as Parcheesi or Mancala. So we're starting to get into the uh, the games that are old, 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 and the legacy is high, 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 and Wonderland's War, by definition, can't have those. Um, so I think we're going to reach an interesting spot here between these two, and that is the type of legacy that exists, uh, and what that legacy particularly means like did like Catan for example makes Wonderland's war by like sort of in the way that we're thinking about it in terms of what we have on the list right now right Catan's the euro that sort of spawns all the other euros to happen and the sort of boom to begin and that kind of stuff right and this is one of those just like a new take and you know 40 years older or whatever Um, Mancala though for example or Parcheesi or Checkers even like those uh, are that but like many 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 hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years ago kind of thing so i think right now what we have to maybe figure out here is uh what legacy means when we think of these old games and what that means against wonderland's war or a new any other new game that we are going to introduce in the future like for example next week hopefully is going to be something like wingspan uh scythe fort all of these games are kind of new new and way newer right and like they have to reconcile with this just like this one does
1: yeah, and I don't so, know what the answer is yet. I I have to say that it's gonna look real silly if we don't put this above those three games. Mancala, <laughs> Checkers, Parchigo,
0: Stratego, and, and Parcheesi. Yeah. Oh, all okay, okay.
1: Yeah, so I am I'm, I'm gonna take them all all three because they're all old just, games. They're all Stratego, similar. Stratego less so, but yeah. I guess we could talk about Stratego first, and then we could do Parcheesi and Moncala. The, the okay. Stratego argument is, I don't know how much I want to play Stratego. I would yeah, definitely yeah. want to play this a lot more. Yeah, I would Stratego's... play Wonderlands
0: War over Stratego if yeah, I so... was choosing them in a vacuum. If, yeah, like, right, but then it's like, well, realistically though, I probably would find Stratego easier. It's more accessible, it's faster, which means yeah. you can play it more likely, right? All of that goes into it, but although
1: I would dare you to find someone who would rather, who knows how to play Stratego and knows how to play Wonderlands War who would pick Stratego over Wonderlands War. Yeah,
0: they're, that would be they're hard. the
1: same they're the same level of not the same level, but they're the same it passes the the, the board game or bar. Like, yeah, the strategy board game test, yeah. Yeah, the, if you're playing a strategy board game, there's certain people you're going to introduce Stratego to or Wonderland's War to, and there's certain people you will not do that with. And right. given the choice between that game and this game, Stratego and Wonderland's War, Wonderland's War is a better game.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, and the real problem for me now is Stratego is sort of the, uh, like, capital BG gamer... Uh, like VIP Bouncer and Mancala and Parcheesi were allowed in um, because of how uh, I like for various reasons if you want to if you're curious you can go back to those episodes to get the full details but Parcheesi in particular uh, just means more to me than any other game on this list by and by and far uh, Mancala also is a badass game and is probably the oldest and most important like game for human civilization potentially uh, and like Those things matter more than some new game that just came out. Not to say that Wonderland's War is some game that just came out, quote unquote, right? But like, you know, if you look at BGG's list right now, like it's like there's a new game coming out that people are hot on every second. It feels like. Yeah. And Mancala is one that will stay. Uh, It stayed and it will stay. And like, you know, in five years, is Wonderland's War going to be something that stays? We don't don't know. know, Which is the very
1: difficult part of this. So this game, (laughs) people might get sick of this game, although interestingly enough we play with three people who are very right. into this game that we've learned yep. this game from yep. one of those people is already over it which i think is hilarious really i know uh, <laughs> and the other two are still going hard like they're still yeah. playing as much as they can and they're really still really hot on this game i have so, a feeling
0: though that that will burn out before like summer of this year this is coming out in uh march right now so i have a feeling by by June, I feel like they might have burnt out a little bit. They might still play it occasionally and enjoy it, and they'll be like, oh yeah, let's play that again. But they're not going to be like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm I want to keep playing this. Yeah.
1: But in 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 the context of what would you rather play, mm-hmm. throw this game up there with my Colin Parcheesi. Most people that we know who are board gamers are going to pick this game just because it's newer and it's more complicated. It's It's weightier. It's got more mm-hmm. decisions. It's got mm-hmm. all the board game things that we like. It's new still. There's still undiscovered territory here. That's exciting. Right. That is exciting.
0: And it's e- pushing the envelope a little bit in a way that's cool that I like. Yeah.
1: Yes. And it's still undergoing development. It's still changing. They're still making right. edits to this game. Yeah, people aren't people aren't it's changing for cheesy
0: anymore or Mangala, yeah. for example. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that there is <laughs> if if we're going to talk about maybe that's maybe that's the axis we talk about, how how much how much history a game has and what their legacy is versus how much a game still has left to grow Mm -hmm. so usually games legacy are dead there's no more iteration on them games that are newer still have changes and that can go on for a long time Mm -hmm. take for example root people are still playing root when did root get released uh 17 17 so there's probably gonna be there's been three expansions and uh an additional deck and more stuff and multiple right. rule changes mm-hmm. and there's probably going to be at least one more expansion with stuff in it right or maybe a sec- or maybe even more two. stuff. yeah yeah so this this could be like a 10-year game be right. in development and have have changes for 10 years which is insane yeah and maybe towards the end of it we can talk about its legacy a little bit more mm-hmm. but it's still it's still very much alive and and being iterated on right and i don't know where to weigh these i don't want to make a decision <laughs>
0: <laughs> let me ask you this wonderlands to war top 5 game on the list right now or just if if you think of it like that when you think of oh that's a top 5 game in it is... in any capacity when you just think of that phrase it could be on the BGG top five, it could be our ranking list top five. It could be just for you top five. Does it belong in a quote unquote top five? Do you think? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because right now Mancala is our fifth, right? Yes. So if I, we I translated that, we could be like, well, is it, does, is it a top five? Because if it is Mancala maybe is where we jump it to. Cause I think it does go ahead of, of checkers and Stratego. Parcheesi yeah. means way more to me than it probably does to the average person. And like, I'm willing to allow games to go ahead of, that game despite that because that's just like a thing that's unique to me right um mancala though is a top five for me like if i think of games uh, mancala is a top five like in terms of what it what it is and how important it is to human beings like and the development of humans like mancala is a top five uh, and this one you think it is i'm hmm. so let's let's do a little, a little meta thing here so risk is number four right now Risk, hmm, how do we feel about this game, Wonderland's War versus Risk? I think I like this game better than Risk, actually, if I'm being honest with myself. I don't really want to play Risk anymore, but is that because it's from 1957, or is that because it's not as good of a game?
1: It's probably because it's from 1957.
0: That's what I'm afraid of. I mean,
1: it's also probably because it's not that good of a game. Like, it's probably both. (laughs) So so Risk is, the, the reason for Risk's, place on this list is because it was the first you know game of its kind and that's worth a whole lot that's worth a whole lot yeah yeah so yep. if if uh i'm gonna i'm gonna jump ahead of you okay i think if we put it above parcheesi in my college should also go above risk okay but i don't put it ahead of chess
0: oh same okay we're on the same page i don't put it All ahead right. of Chess either
1: yep So that's that's the
0: So we're in. So we're in the range here. It's either number six, and that pushes Perchisi down, and Mancala holds the top five spot. It's number five, and Risk ekes it out, or it's number four, and uh, right below Chess. Yeah. So what do we? How do we want to do this?
1: I think I think we put it at number four. Okay. The Risk gets bumped. Okay. Yeah. So this is going to be my tiebreaker for this. Is what do you want to play right now? And that will always favor games that are newer
0: yeah and that's something that we have used as a tiebreaker during this yeah uh remember so listeners who are new to this episode because maybe this game is like oh this is a new one right there's no rules in the ranking section that we have it's just we put them together and me and decoy just decide based on how we're feeling and sometimes it's legacy sometimes it's what do you want to play right now sometimes it's this nostalgia for me is too good that has to climb right and we just decide in the moment yeah Uh, and oftentimes we have gone on record doing the well which one would you play right now though right yeah, yeah, and
1: it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be Wonderland's War, and it's not hundred percent because I don't think, given the choice between playing it right now and playing chess, I want to play Wonderland's War now because but chess hot. is a better game.
0: But chess is a better game. It's yeah,
1: it's overwhelmingly sure. a better game.
0: Yeah, and Catan and Dominion, I think, are is all are are both better uh, for different reasons. But yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Man Colin, sorry, Parcheesi.
0: Uh you're not new mm. anymore. Yeah, that's true. You're not new anymore. So here's here's what I'm thinking. I'm not I'm what's weird is I think Mancala deserves to be number 4 and Risk should be number 5 now that I've been thinking about Mancala more since that Mancala episode. But that's okay. We can leave we'll leave it like this for now. Yeah. Cuz I think I think it's better than Risk, but I want Mancala to be right above it. It's is what's funny is happening to me right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also for our listeners, we can change our minds. So yeah, that's right. That that's so so Squid here thinks that we should move Mancala and Risk and that's fine. I think we should move Dominion, Catan. I think Dominion should be number one, or I think Catan should be number one. Dominion should be number two, and we made a mistake. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to
0: figure Ooh. all this stuff out. I've been thinking
1: about that ever since we did the Dominion episode. Yeah. Stuff.
0: Oh my. So what we're think. What, uh, so just to kind of uh, do a little bit of a spoiler uh, leak ahead for our listeners here too, um, Decoy and I have been uh, tossing the idea around of doing like a post-season one, like, kind of bonus episode that sort of takes a look at all of the games uh, all when they're all now together on the list and then sort of shuffling them how we maybe see fit. Because one thing that's so hard about this is we're adding them one at a time, which doesn't make any sense uh, if you're you're ranking something, right? Because you're like, oh, well, like, you know, right now, Trivia Pursuit is beneath Monopoly, but, like, if we did it all together, Decoy would probably argue Trivia Pursuit and it would get higher up. But because of where it is, it's, you know... (laughs) (laughs) It just happens to stay there, right? Uh, and that's the same, I think, right now. I'm having a bump up against Mancala and Risk. And like Decoy just mentioned, Catan and Dominion, same thing. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> it, it's, it, this is a very hard exercise because as we're talking about this, we're learning new things as we go and add games. They're, they right. we're, we're creating new ways to think about things for ourselves. And sometimes right. that that's up or pushes down things in post after we've done the episode. So mm-hmm. where does Catan deserve to be if you covered Catan? What episode yeah. is that? This, that was that? That was episode three. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yes, it's totally a, a different, different ranking system when you've only ranked two or three things versus ranking thing 10 and thing 11 or thing right. 17 and
0: thing 18, which is, what which is so fun. At. That's why it's so fun and also so hard, which is what I love about it. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> this is annoying. Is is. I know.
0: <laughs> Sorry, man uh okay so you heard it here first folks uh wonderland's war number you f- can at number four uh we'll see if it survives so we're thinking uh right now and maybe another seven or so games to get like a nice little solid number of 25 as our quote-unquote season one and then uh doing a little reshuffle before we move into season two stuff um yep and yeah that that we'll see if it if it holds true at number four um decoy i had an- another question for you uh sure. that i was that i've been thinking about and this is so i'm i'm uh I've mentioned this on the show before, but it's been a while. I'm not a uh, board game, like, I, I love board games, but I'm not, like, a board gamer when you think of uh, people who, like, have played every top 100 game on BGG, and they, like, you know, like, there's some people that I know who, like, oh, yeah, I I have a board game closet that is the size of a bedroom kind of people. Yeah, and I, I own maybe, if, if we're looking at, like, new games versus, like, those old games in your board game closet from forever ago, new game type stuff, I maybe own, like, five, right? Now that doesn't mean like I've played way more because we have access to the internet and TTS. So I mean I've played a lot more games than I own, which is awesome, right? Um, but I'm new to this thing that's called a Kickstarter exclusive, and oh I've heard gosh. many. I've heard many yes. people say that exact thing. See, that's exactly right. I've heard many people uh, decoy now has also make that reaction when they hear that phrase, and I'm so I was looking into this game and Wonderland's War has Kickstarter exclusives. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So I'm curious. Uh, why the grumble? Uh, and and like if you think that's a good thing or not? Because I've heard so like Root, the game that I love, that is my favorite. Uh, that game does not have those, uh, but this are, there are some that do. And I'm new to this world, and that I was like, oh, I wonder. You know, people are like, oh, is that the Kickstarter edition? You probably have some exclusives, maybe right? And I'm like, I don't even know what that even is, right? So why did you grumble? <laughs> so this, there are a lot of people who
1: can explain this much better than I can. Kickstarter exclusives are essentially artificial scarcity. Mm-hmm. You will send things to print one time and they are exclusive to that print and there will never be any more of them. So one of the games that is near and dear to my heart, which is not Dominion, it's the other one. Nemesis? <laughs> Nemesis, yeah. <laughs> uh, that game has Kickstarter exclusives. So. Right if you want to play all of the stuff, you need to go find a copy and they're of the original, limited. Yeah. You have the original of the original run from someone who had the Kickstarter and it's going to be expensive to get all that stuff. Right. And yeah, you can, there's ways around it. The, the assets are available online. You can print to play it. If you really want to you can take out little sure. pieces of paper and write down the stuff, but you'll never right. get the actual physical thing. Can't go down to your local friendly local board game store and, and pick right. it up. They very right, likely right. won't have it. Okay. And you don't need to do that you could just you just do more printings of it it's not going to help oh, you I that see. much so sell
0: sell it on on kickstarter the like artificial very, scarcity very, is an attempt to get people to buy it because yeah hey, or, it's or exclusive just, you won't be able to get it
1: yeah so it's it's uh it, they're, they're preying on fomo they're preying on fear of missing out Ugh. if you don't if you don't back this kickstarter exclusive thing for something that's very very expensive you will never ever have another chance to get it ever again mm.
0: Yeah, and I that's can see why the grumble then.
1: Yeah, it's a little toxic. It's, yeah, that's it's, a grumbly you know, thing. Th- I, I don't know. There there are other people who know a lot more about this than I do. Sure, sure. There's sure. a that's lot okay. of numbers to suggest that this is actually not a good business practice. But right. it seems like a good business practice if you really need that Kickstarter fulfilled.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Because then so, it's like you guarantee that, but well, maybe not guarantee, but you're closer to guaranteeing that you're going to get it fulfilled, which is going to back your company to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get, and this has
1: happened a whole lot in the example that immediately comes to mind is uh, skins. So mm-hmm. skins on games like uh, League of Legends or I think Dota has the same problem. Oh, yeah. yeah no, exclusive yeah, yeah. skins that you're only available under certain circumstances, mm-hmm. go to this one thing or buy this at, for the one month that it is available and on sale. And then he goes in the vault and you never see it again. Ah, uh, yep. And that creates FOMO and that creates all different kinds of, you know, buying, whatever. And then they started re-releasing things. Oh, Dead by Daylight also had another one of these things. There were exclusive oh, okay. skins and yeah. they kind of came out in a slightly different version. And then, which gets back to the the main point about why these are bad, if you ever change your mind, you're going to anger somebody. Uh... Whether or not, because then people say, because uh awakened realms could say you know what uh, we did the kickstarter exclusive thing and we kind of want to just do an add-on and make everything available in your friend board game
0: store right
1: and then people might say hey you said that was exclusive
0: oh yikes man yeah that's a mm, yeah so this game does have those does that make you well it depends less so, interested
1: do you think so there's there's different things there's different levels of kickstarter exclusives it kind of depends on what it is. The, mm-hmm. the nemesis ones are things that functionally impact the game. They're, they're cards that give give your characters specific bonuses or not. Okay. And yeah, that whole thing is that's kind harsh. of necessary. Like it, 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 the game feels better when they're in there. You can right. play without them, but it's not you know it's, it's uh, maybe slightly worse. Maybe you get them and then you prefer playing without them. Yeah, but yeah. if they're Kickstarter exclusive, you don't have the choice if you're
0: getting it outside of the Kickstarter, right? So Kickstarter exclusives that impact the way the gameplay happens, that yes. is tricky.
1: Yes, so Yikes. it really, I didn't know about this. It really depends on what this is. So if the Kickstarter exclusives here are, let's say, different meeples for Alice, right? slightly better meeples, or better cloth bags.
0: Yeah, yeah, or, like higher upgraded stuff. Yeah, right. higher
1: upgraded stuff that's already in the game, totally fine. I don't have a problem sure. with that sure sure if it's a whole different like if it's a sixth character
0: like you can't play kind of alice bad. unless you get the exclusive yeah, yeah that oof. that feels bad <laughs> yeah so it does.
1: i i don't know what those
0: exclusives i'm are pretty for exclusive. sure yeah i don't I don't know I, i'm i'm spitballing here from what i remember looking up i'm pretty sure it wasn't uh new game mechanics it might have been like additional wonderlandians what but you already have the others like it's just like new ones mm, um, which could be yeah. considered potentially troublesome but then yeah. but then it was also like hey like there's uh you know uh, the miniatures are a little bit better uh, or it's minis instead of like, you know, c- like c- like cutouts or what, like the meeples are better. Like you said, I think it's mostly that stuff. We'd have to, I'd have to go and look specifically. Um, so, so listener, if you're, if this game is interesting to you after all of this and you're curious, um, since it does have exclusives on it and the Kickstarter has run, there is that second one that we talked about where they're doing the expansion. That's currently, I'm not sure if it's actively still up or not, or there's late backers and pledges, stuff like that. But do look into that because, you might be like i want everything and depending on what the exclusives are like Vico was saying with the nemesis stuff you might be like oh man like that's a thing i would have wanted and i'm not going to get it and like just so just be aware as all i mean like it doesn't mean you maybe should or shouldn't buy it like you know be the consumer you want to be but you know the knowledge is potentially good i think
1: yeah i feel like i have to throw out occasionally whether a rulebook is good or not cuz oh, is yeah. oh. really really bad but i didn't learn from the rulebook i learned from right. fun list. so I don't know if the rule book is any good. Like I have it here and it seems pretty straightforward, but but you already know how to play it, though. Yeah, I already That's how to play just in yeah. like if you've ever looked at the what what the actual rule book looks like, it's a giant like flow chart uh on two pages that tell you what to do. And it seems okay. Like you set the table, discard tea party cards, shuffle the real deck. It looks kind of scary because there's 23 bubbles on one of these things. Jesus. This then yes, and this then no. And then have all leaders in place? No. Then go to this thing go back to the start. (laughs) Fuck's sake. So it's like, it's not like it, it, knowing how to play this game, it doesn't look that bad because each individual step is like, move this to here or deal out this card or put leaders into play in turn order. Super simple. So it's all these steps are simple, but there's 23 of them. And that's just one of them. There's even more. Okay. Like 40. The other one has 40. My God. The first one is the Tea Party and the wage, the, the war phase is like 40. Um, God, that's crazy. Yeah, pop open the rule book if you're curious. But again, yeah. it is like there's a lot of stuff, but it doesn't actually seem that bad.
0: Just yeah, like we talked okay.
1: about. I don't think we need to talk about it. it it's it's fine.
0: No, no, yeah, I feel yeah. The Oath this reminds me of the Oath rule book, which is the game that I probably bought uh, that has the biggest weight physically and metaphorically. <laughs> and that rule book is, that, man, the oath, the oath box is chonky, those of you who play Oath. Um, but anyway, so, like, Leader Games knows how to make a good rule book, I think. Uh, it, the way they create it and how I read stuff and, and try to think about it it's, it, it's a nice match. Some people might look at that and be like, this is way too complicated. But I looked at that rule book and I was like, I can follow this really well.
1: Yeah, because um, there's multiple versions of the rulebook, right? There's right. There's like a it. big
0: law book, and then there's like how to play, and then there's like a setup guide, and there's all these different versions depending on. Hey, are you a player that needs to rem- remember a random law that you forgot because you haven't played in six months? Hey, are you opening this for the first time? Go to these different things, and like you can. This will help you uh, because you're at this stage in your development of this game. That's a pretty sweet. Yeah, that that just reminds me of it because there's like there's almost like a treatise. There's like. If you toss the rule book on the table, it it like splats like a heavy stack of paper. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like here are these documents. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Getting Gamey is produced by me, Mark Overstreet. Music by Pixabay.com. This is Germ Curry's Words of Wisdom. Uh, (laughs) uh, Throw out the math. Uh, You don't need it. Gamble on every battle in the first two rounds. Oh my gosh. Try and get forged chips early. Hey guys, if you're playing and you need forged chips, get them early. Don't be afraid of drawing madness chips like we were saying is potentially scary. It's tough to remove them from your bag in the first place. So just got to have the mindset of they're coming out at some point. Build your bag to draw chips that do something important for you to score big. Hey, quests are a great source of points if they line up for you, though. If they seem too hard to obtain, do what you can and just shift main focus to winning as many battles as you can. And last but not least, having two to three faction abilities that combo well, going into the second round war phase is a great position to be in, but don't compromise your bag to do so. And that last one, man, I really like uh, because the bag, like you said equal earlier, the bag development... Uh, deck builder, bag builder element of the game is uh, it's, you know, bag development is king, man. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, that's uh, really that's, important.
1: I, yeah. I think the thing, the mistake I make the most often in this game is that I don't forge enough. And I've done that yeah. a couple times. I Same. almost got away with it in my last game, but I just rolled so bad that I couldn't overcome it. Oof. At the end of the game, we were playing four players, and all three of my opponents had their entire board unlocked in some way shape or form like people were only missing one or two forge pieces or had the whole thing filled out yeah oh my god and <laughs> right. i'm sitting over here with like two. three things <laughs> right